It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> Waiting my whole life for this. <laughs> I got some things to say. I'm still slowly dying, but uh. hey, we all are. <laughs> Good morning, Back Row Radio. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And you're streaming the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show exclusively on BackRowRadio.com. On today's show, What's the worst way to end an argument? And we dive into a deeper topic. Does God send help? What? Well, no, that's not how it's read at all. Sorry. Does God help those who help themselves? <laughs> hey, it's Monday and it's early. I'm sorry. <laughs> but first, it is February 3rd, 2020, and it is, uh, well, we got a holiday. We I got almost a holiday. announced your holiday for you. We have a holiday. I'm not that's- on my game. I need to that's, wake up here. That's true. Listen, and I'm going <laughs> to save the actual holiday until. I read it in the description, so I'm just going to keep oh, okay. you guessing. Okay. Okay? You're working all day, out running errands, or spending time with your family and loved ones. How about showing, slowing down, <laughs> and spend some quality time with the one who is always there for you? Your dog. <laughs> Take the chance to hang out with your pup, because today is doggy date night. <laughs> People have kept dogs as pets for 12,000 years, and with good reason. They are steadfast companions, and there are enough types, more than 150 breeds actually, out there for everyone. Dogs can live as many as 15 years, making them a significant part of their owner's life. For years, scientists have studied the special connection between dogs and humans, consistently finding that dogs provide social and emotional benefits for their owner, and the bond promotes a positive well-being for both the owner and the dog. They don't call them man's best friend for nothing. Dogs are loyal, protective, and always excited to see you. So tonight, spend a little extra time with your dog. Play games like fetch or frisbee, or go on a nice long walk. Go beyond the standard walks and couch snuggles and make an event out of it to make your pooch feel special. (laughs) Doggy date night, everybody. I have three dogs. Yeah. I'm not participating. <laughs> Forget them. <laughs> <laughs> they know what they did. I love my dogs, but I barely get date night with my husband, let alone with my dogs. <laughs> oh, all right. So I got I got a bunch, well, not a bunch of questions, but I'm sure there's just a bunch of story about what you've been doing while you're gone. But let me go ahead and give my personal update first. Oh, fine. Uh <laughs> It's uh, mainly about keto, of course, because that's what my updates have been almost exclusively about for a while. Uh, I am down 67.2 pounds as of now, which has been cool. I just ordered a new belt. Finally had to replace a new belt because my old one was wrapping around me uh, one and a half times. Like it was the end was going all the way to the back. That's so that was really neat. Pretty exciting. Uh, I mean, a part of that was that it was old and it's been stretched out over time. Yeah, but time. still, but that's still, like yeah. tangible evidence yeah. that you can see. Okay. <laughs> so that was pretty neat. Um, found out that Papa Murphy's has gotten into the keto-friendly business and they now make a crustless pizza. They essentially take the thing they put the garlic bread in. Ah, and okay. They just put all your pizza toppings in there and you bake that and eat it like a little pizza casserole. So I'm excited. I'm going to try that today. Nice. It's going to be nice. Nice. Uh, and I'm totally... Okay, because most of you who listen already know, we record these on Saturday. The Saturday before the week airs. Uh, so for us, tomorrow is the Super Bowl. Yeah. You already saw it yesterday. So don't worry. If you there's have no it on spoilers. DVR, there's no spoilers. <laughs> but um, every year for the Super Bowl... I, for the last decade or more, I make a big thing of that Velveeta queso mm-hmm. with sausage in it, and that's the only thing I eat that entire day. I I, I pig out on chips and queso, mm-hmm. and I only get it on the Super Bowl, and sometimes, like maybe half of the time in the past decade, I've also gotten it 
sometime in September leading up to my birthday is a special thing. But I don't get I don't make this regularly as a point. Not a rule set a, set by my wife or anything. Like it was a self imposed rule. This is bad for me. I probably shouldn't have it all that often. And it makes it, when I get to have it, more special. Right. And so we're leading up to this like a month ago, and I'm thinking, well, I guess I just don't get to have my my chips and queso this year. And it was really bumming me out. And so uh, <laughs> I finally made the decision, no, I'm, I'm going to skip keto that day, <laughs> and I'm going to do it. Because it's a mental health thing at this point. <laughs> I wouldn't even want to be at the Super Bowl party. If it wasn't for that chips and queso. You know. So, uh, yeah, so I think Sunday, that's fair. I'm going off. You've going worked off. hard. If I gain a pound or two back, which, I mean, I would have to eat a lot of chips and queso really to gain a pound or two back. But uh, if it kicks me out of keto for a day, it's okay. Uh, hopefully, I've been on it long enough that I'm fat adapted to where your body just bounces kick, right yeah, back. It yeah, won't, it won't really hurt me all that bad. And then, of course, on Monday, which is today, I will be. Uh, I will be focusing hard on really, really low carbs, like try not to have anywhere near the 20 that I'm allotted and uh, have some MTC oil or whatever it's called. Help me bounce back right into it. But that's it. I just, the Super Bowl is a special thing. I mean, it's a special thing for food and you just can't, I don't know. There are keto snacks, but seeing as that I have to work at the church, they take a long time to make. The yeah. keto Super Bowl snacks. And I'm like, now, Velveeta, you throw it in the crock pot. It's ready to go. And it's and good. That's really all. And it's so good. So good. Uh, the one concession I'm making is that I'm also bringing some celery sticks to use instead hey, of just see? chips the whole time. But I will be having chips. <laughs> but you're making changes. Yeah. And for all of us football fans out there who are like, wait, did he just really say the Super Bowl is good? For food, oh, yes, yeah. that is the only reason that Matt enjoys mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. He is not a, a sports fan. Hey, I love the commercials as well. No, I <laughs> like I like the game. I really do. I just don't like it enough to watch it more than once a year. Exactly. <laughs> and all of us football fans are like, yeah, okay, but what about the halftime show? Yeah, Matt doesn't get to watch the halftime show because <laughs> we do the we do the church thing, and so it's usually tied into a. Uh, like a mission focus. And so during the halftime show, we do the presentation about the mission focus and all that. And uh, But that started, and it's been so many years now, because I was in youth group when the Janet Jackson thing happened. Really? It started the year after that. That everybody was like, uh, like you know maybe what? Let's we should watch. watch this. Let's plan something else for the middle of the, <laughs> of the game. And that's just stuck since then. So now it's not so much of a let's not watch it just in case something happens. Yeah. But it's just a, this is what we do. This is the tradition. This is when we present, you know, what the mission focus is all about. It's usually Global Hunger Relief Fund. Right. Uh, and all that. So, yeah. But how, that was so long because I was in youth group. Yeah. And I wasn't even near, like, graduating yet either. It has been a long time. <laughs> it just tells but. you how big of a scandal it was. It was a it's big still deal. <laughs> All right, so you've been gone. You've been gone for, Since you've for been a gone. week. So yep, I've what's, been gone. what's been going on? Um, well, Cannon had a competition in Dallas. It was actually in Allen, Texas, but that you know, whatever. It's a little, I guess, suburb of Dallas. It's one of those offshoots of Dallas, yeah. yeah. Um where he had like the worst day yeah. ever. Ever. In his entire gymnastics career. So, and I knew that days were like that, days like this were gonna come. You know, remember last year in Fort Worth, he pulled the stunt move where he face planted on, oh, yeah. on the mat. That was actually. It's an interesting video. Yeah, so it was actually <laughs> 51 weeks exactly. Mm, that, nearly a year. Yep, just a week under a year. Wow. So I don't know what it is about. <laughs> this time you know mid-february for him and, and competing but apparently it doesn't work he canon is my 12 year old and he deals with a lot of anxiety he always has but the older that he gets we're realizing more and more okay this is this is anxiety yeah you know um and he has fast last year was his first year in gymnastics this year he's leveled up three levels He's quickly like just speeding through this whole gymnastics thing and hasn't really had time to, you know, learn. 
A lot of kids start when they're five or six, and he started when he was 11. A lot of kids have five or six years to kind of get into it and grow and adapt. He's had less than a year. Mm. And so some of the skills that he's learning this year are scary. You know, he has to go really high on the trampoline in order to get enough momentum and space in the air to do do some of these tricks. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they fall. I have never seen more falls at a competition than what I saw at this last competition. And when I mean fall, like these kids are 20 feet flipping in the air and they do not land on the trampoline. They land off of the trampoline on the floor. Multiple times I'm on the phone with Chris FaceTiming and I'm like, (gasps) (laughs) he did. He's, yeah, he's like, what's going on? Finally, by I think like the seventh or eighth time, he's like, did somebody else really fall? Yes, somebody <laughs> fell again. And I, it just baffles me that. So anyway, Cannon has a understandable fear, I guess you would say, of his new routine on yeah, trampoline. Yeah. He at our home gym for practice, he's fallen a couple times. And so he's just got like this and I guess timidness about him to get up there and do it. Hmm. And so we went out for competition. <clears throat> it was a three-day competition. This was the last day. and Or day two, sorry. This was the second day. He only had to compete trampoline. He went out there, and next thing I know, like, I can see him. He's, his back is to the trampoline. He is not facing it. His coach is not talking to him, and his shoulders are shaking. And the longer that I'm standing there looking at him, the more that his body begins to shake. And you can visibly see it from up in the stands. Mm. His body is just shaking. And I looked at the person next to me and I said, he's not going to go. And they were like, no, he's going to go. He's JD's, which is his coach, JD's going to talk him into it. He's going to be great. This and that, blah, blah, blah. Two seconds later, Cannon turns his back and walks off. And the coach walks off. Coach comes up into the stands and gets me. And he's like, he's out in the hallway waiting on you. He's, he's not going on. And I lost it every ounce of me as a mom was like this is not okay this is not cool i have traveled six and a half hours i am losing time with my family we're about to go on vacation i've had to pack a week in advance because i'm not going to go be able to go home to pack so i'm losing it and i go out and i get him and i'm just like this was your last competition i hope you had fun i hope you're proud of yourself like just wailing into him and like now i can look back at it and laugh god was giving me a sign but i just didn't like i didn't receive it in the moment i sling open the door like push it open full of drama as hard as i could hoping that it was going to slam but there's one of those little things at the top that makes it stop no no it made it made it stop so like i push it open and it comes back right in my face oh no So, like, now I look back and I'm like, that was totally God, like, saying, shut up. (laughs) But in the moment, it only made it worse. But um, we're good now. We're two weeks outside of that. Cannon has had many practices since then. Feels more confident. Feels much more confident. His coach last night was really impressed with the effort that he's put in and the work he's put in. So, he has another competition in two weeks. We'll see how it goes. All right. I'm kind of freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I didn't do anything. Nothing? Nothing. <laughs> you know. Well, good, because we don't have time to talk about what you didn't do anyway. Fine. <laughs> Matt thought I was going to talk about my cruise, but <laughs> I fooled him. <laughs> um, yes, you can. She, she shared about her cruise on her social media. You can follow her. She'll... <laughs> But it was a, I thought it was just going to be a cruise with you and your family, but you wound up going with like a lot of people from your church. Is that what I saw? Yes. Yeah. So you like a whole massive crew. There were 22 of us. Good night. And I don't know that we will ever do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when we went with my mom, just having the five of us was a yeah. nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to... Oh. It didn't help. We weren't any. We were on the complete opposite end of the boat. Yeah. The rooms that we had because we had to have like a room for four people. Right. And she didn't want to pay for a room that she didn't need a giant room next to us. Yeah. And so she was way at the front. And we were way at the back. And so yeah, getting together at any point. Of course, cell phones. We didn't pay for like the 
cell phone service either, so we didn't have that. We yeah. had the little bit of Wi-Fi messenger that would work half the time. Right. Was, yeah. We paid for the the com- uh, like the messenger app through Carnival. Yeah. Okay. Which works amazing if you are ever going to cruise with Carnival. Pay the extra. It's five dollars for Pete's sake. Yeah. Pay the extra five dollars. <laughs> Especially if you have teenage children. That's how yeah. we kept up with our kids oh, the bet. whole time. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. Well, I guess we need to go to a break. Oh, so, fine. coming up next, <laughs> what's the worst way to end an argument? We'll be back in the top. Did I not mark it? Oh. <laughs> I'm so out of it. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. Sitting there grinning at me. I'm just waiting to find out what's the worst way to end. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. We're going to kick off the second hour, as we always do, with five random facts. Five random facts about loving our doggos in honor of Doggo Date Night. Here, here's an extra fact. <laughs> Mo does not like the word doggo. <laughs> the second one was a mistake. I to write doggy date night. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> Your your doggy date night. You don't like doggo? I I really don't. My kids say it and it drives me crazy. I like doggo and pupper. I like both of those. Okay. (laughs) Number one. (laughs) In a poll of thousands of dog owners from each state, California was proven to be the number one dog-loving state based on how many dog owners allow their dogs to lick their face, sleep in their bed, and other loving criteria. (laughs) I think I'm okay with not being in California if that's what it takes. (laughs) One out of five female dog owners would rather take their dog out than their romantic partner. And uh, the way that's worded, I I couldn't tell if it meant dog owners who are female or owners of of female female dogs. dogs. But I'm fairly certain it's the former. Yeah. (laughs) Ladies... (laughs) own dogs. Yes. 28% of couples who own dogs include them in their Valentine's Day activities. <laughs> Listeners, you're not benefiting from seeing Mo's face at reading them. <laughs> Just what's wrong with this planet? <laughs> If any of our listeners are one of that 28%, I don't even want to know. Like, don't message me and be like, Mo, it's so much fun. You need to... No. No. I don't want to know. I will judge you. Just saying. The top two ways dog owners say their dogs affect their day-to-day lives are finding more joy in life and becoming a more loving person. Now, I can understand this one. <laughs> this one is okay. And lastly, stroking dogs and gazing into their eyes releases the feel-good hormone. Uh, Oxytocin. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> For both people and dogs. <laughs> I even read over it and was like, I know this word. I can say this word. I know it. I've seen it. I've said it before. <laughs> but I always want to say the Muscle relaxer. Oxycontin. Yep. All right. So on Twitter, which we don't we don't typically dive into like trends on Twitter because uh, Twitter because norm yeah because Twitter stinks nowadays and it's not really all that fun. It always derails into uh, politics or mostly politics. Yeah. yeah, it's awful. But I did catch a pretty fun one, or interesting one at least. It was hashtag worst way to end an argument. So I want to go over a few of these and see what you think. Uh, Some of them are just uh, bad. Okay. All right, so here we go. First one is uh, telling her to calm down and then turning your back and trying to walk away. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's how you get things thrown at you. (laughs) True story. Uh, Let's see. 
A lot of these are movie gifs. Like, I don't know what this one's from, but it's put excessive dose of laxatives in his protein shake. I'm pretty sure it's from a movie. Uh, let's see here. Okay. So, serious one. To pretend everything is fine while you're still boiling inside. Uh, that was a little too serious. It is a little too serious. But it's true. Uh, you don't want to just been, not address it. Been there, done and that. walk away. It will always come up. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I'm sorry. I wish the, when I had first went over this, there were a lot in a row. And now it looks like there's been a lot more. Boop someone on the nose. <laughs> Booped your nose. Boop. <laughs> just when you're getting a little too heated, just you know, reach over and just give them a little boop. Calm them down. <laughs> I, I could see you doing that to Deidre. <laughs> and she would lose it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, I'm so sorry. This was Jeez, so much This Matt. was so much more organized last time I looked at it. Uh, now it's just by a bunch of weird jokes and sexual jokes. Uh, name calling. Specifically, it says getting called that one word. You know that one. Uh, even if they say it and it doesn't bother them, just please don't call them that word. I'm assuming we're talking about the B word. Well, but see, <laughs> then I was thinking like the A word. You think the A There's word would be so more offensive than the well, B word? I'm not going to call my husband a B. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would insult him quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Tell her she sounds like her mother. Oh. <laughs> you know that doesn't offend me so much. I'm just—it's always like that big old teaspoonful of reality, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, throw a drink uh, in their face. You see that a lot on TV. Okay. I feel like. I feel like that's setting yourself up to get punched. <laughs> in the middle of a heated argument, and you throw a drink in their face. Listen, all that I can see right now is Real Housewives of New Jersey. Because that's like my guilty pleasure show. And they do a lot of drink throwing on that show. And yeah, it always ends pretty badly. <laughs> Has this ever worked for you? <laughs> Uh, by calling his mama and complaining about him. Oh. <laughs> Listen. There, mama is always going to have her babies back. Always. <laughs> Even if she agrees with you in the moment, she's about to call her son and be like, let me tell you. <laughs> and that only makes the argument worse. Yeah. Uh... Acting like a child, which the instance that they have here is actually a clip from Modern Family where uh, two of them are arguing and one of them, instead of coming back because has no comeback, just takes a plate full of decorative stuff and dumps it out on the floor and walks away. <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. Say something that you'll regret for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that happens a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Slamming the door, slapping them. Uh, just ignoring them. Just sitting there and ignoring them. Going stonewall. Shunning them, mm -hmm. as it were. <laughs> yeah, all these are difficult. Faking a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Just the gif of uh, of Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber going la 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 la, la. <laughs> finger in your ears. Yeah. Oh goodness gracious! Threatening to tell on them. Uh, stabbing them. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. I know you are, but what am I? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 
there's a lot, and this this kind of tells you about the mind of our society. But there's a lot of like revenge stuff that's tied to sexual stuff in this list, which I didn't see before. Why? And I'm, that's why it's taking why? me so long to find good ones because there's just a bunch of it now. I'm why like, are why are you gonna, so weird? Why are you gonna take it out there <laughs> of all places? <laughs> <clears throat> That's supposed to be a happy time. That should solve your arguments. <laughs> if you're married, if you are there, in, you go. Engaged in holy matrimony. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this segment just went off the rails. Listen, I'm sorry. I gotta say though, I really like the emptying a bowl of decorative stuff. Like <laughs> just a tiny tantrum. Just a tiny tantrum. No. Walking away. I I genuinely think that that may be the best way for me to end an argument with Chris and I. Because it would ensue laughter. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that's going to have to clean it up anyway. Right. Now, if he were to do it, it would take me off. Because <laughs> you'd clean it up. Because I'd have to be the one to clean it up. But if I did it, it would just be a... Okay. All right. it, but it would only work if you lost. Like, if you knew you were losing. Like, if you had no comeback... And so, like, this is my protest. Let me tell you something that I have learned <laughs> since I am slightly older than you. Slightly. Therefore, wiser. A month. There are two, two months. Two months. Two months. <laughs> um, if you're arguing, you are always losing. <laughs> there is no winning. That's true. How often, how much of a emotional psychopath do you have to be? To win, quote unquote, an argument and be satisfied with uh, it. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Because it's never good that you argued in the first place. Right. Yeah. And not just with your spouse. Mm. With anyone. Like, I mean, I've won an argument with Matt this past year, but other than that. <laughs> <laughs> we did end on a good note <laughs> where we were both apologetic for... That, see, that's the segment that we need to have. <laughs> what is the best way to end an argument? And then we just tell that story. Yeah. Because there aren't a whole lot of things that we've gotten right in our lives. But that's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, coming up next, does God help those who help themselves? We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. It's the third hour, and we usually like to dive into a bit of a deeper topic in this third hour. And today, I want to talk, we, we talked about this before as a part of like a bigger series of things the mm-hmm. Bible doesn't say, uh, but I wanted to focus on this one specific one because a, an article came out in Facts and Trends uh, last week. That showed, according to Barna Research, 82%, 82% of Americans believe that the phrase, God helps those who help themselves, is a Bible verse. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it is, it is estimated that as much as half of the people that attend any church also believe that if not if it's not necessarily a Bible verse, they at least believe that it is something that's true. Mm-hmm. God helps those who help themselves. Uh, of course, it's not a Bible verse. Uh, nor is it biblically accurate. Nor yeah, nor is it biblically <laughs> accurate. But I want to I want to kind of examine that and why. Like what what do we really mean by by it when we say that? Uh, why would we think that some people? Might think that that's right, even though they know the Bible. No, mm-hmm. uh, so let's let's kind of let's kind of talk about that a little bit more. Okay. Uh, the truth about God helps those uh, who help themselves is that it is essentially a, a legalistic, uh, what's the word ethos. Uh, the The worldview, the worldview that this presents is 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 not necessarily one of grace. It's it's one of earning grace. Mm-hmm. It's one of, of works. 
But not everybody, I think, who who believes this is thinking of it in terms of like salvation and, and grace. I think they might be just thinking of it as like on a daily basis, a day to day thing. Um, so like when you when you hear that phrase, what is it that you think of immediately? Uh, of what it means. When I hear it, I think that we can't just sit idly by, twiddling our thumbs, expecting for God to put everything into motion. We have to work. We have to do. Okay. Which, that is accurate. Yeah. We can't just sit and twiddle our thumbs and expect God to just do everything for us. It does require action on on our part. But I know that that quote in and of itself is not... I am in the minority. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, but see, that, that is kind of like what I, what I think about when I hear that phrase. Yeah. Is, you know, we, we talk about in Celebrate Recovery, you know, there's, uh, when, we're, when we're trying to overcome our addiction, there's, there's two roles. There's God's role and there's our role. Mm-hmm. And we try to do God's role and we can't. Right. And on the other, on the other side, God won't do our role. Mm-hmm. There is work that we have to do that he will not do for us. Right. Uh, and when you look at it in that wise, which I do think maybe a lot of Christians who believe this phrase uh, do see it as, uh, again, probably not the majority. But uh, when you look at it in that, in that frame of reference, then it makes a little bit more sense. Because, mm-hmm. yes, God will help you. Uh, as you're as you're working on yourself, as you're working to get better, right. God will help you when you put that in His hands and you're letting Him take the lead. There is work that you have to put into it, but God will aid you in that mm-hmm. uh, and and lead you down the right path. So, I mean, when it comes to that that interpretation, uh, yeah, I I think that's 100% accurate, 100% biblical, in that. Uh, God doesn't do everything for us, but he does take the lead and he mm-hmm. does want the lead. He mm-hmm. wants you to not not just let him lead, but actually hand him that lead. Right. Trust him with it. But uh, as you alluded to, the majority of people, I believe, who hear that think, I got to do what I got to do and God's going to help me do it. Mm-hmm. In the fact that I'm leading, I know what's best for me. I know where I want to get to, and I have to make my, you know, get myself there. Right. And it becomes that that motivational speaker type situation, where you know it's it's the Shia LaBeouf in front of the green screen, just get up and do it. Yeah. Do, you, know, this can, you know, you can do it. It's in you. That kind of thing. It's 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 the it's the the Rudy you know moment in the movies mm-hmm. where you know it's it's been within you all along. That kind of thing. Right. And that is antithetical to what the Bible says and how Christians are supposed to to uh, be motivated, find their motivation. Because um, I think that's one of the biggest, again, you know, bring, we bring it back to Celebrate Recovery a lot because we've been involved with the program for so long. But that's one of the things that I warn against when, when I'm uh, teaching these lessons is the idea that uh, you had it in you all along. Mm-hmm. What you have in you is what got you into bad situations to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> that's that's how you got addicted. That's how you've let uh, a hurt rule your life. Uh, that's how you've gotten all these broken relationships that you've refused to repair. That's why you have unforgiveness in your heart. All that is your best effort. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> that's that's how that's how this happens. And so we all wanna we all wanna think that we have an underdog within us that is just going to uh one day snap and, and realize I could have done this from the beginning. Right. And uh go out there and, and kick butt. And going back to like my, my keto thing, the losing weight. This is the most weight I've lost. Uh I believe it's the most weight I've lost any time I've tried to lose weight ever now. And definitely in the quickest amount of time. The last amount of weight that I lost took uh, about this much. Took about six months Mm. of dedicated trying. 
And even then, it was mainly because there wasn't anything I could eat. <laughs> you know, it was it was kind of forced upon me mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, and so I've been fighting this, and it's actually been a point of contention in my own brain for the entirety of the time I've been the ministry leader mm-hmm. at Celebrate Recovery. I felt like a hypocrite. I'm like, look, I know that I came to Celebrate Recovery with, with one addiction, and God has freed me from that, and it's been it's it's nearly been a decade that I've been freed from that. And so I know that I have, you know, the knowledge of how this program works, and I know that I can work it correctly. But for some reason, I could not get the food addiction situation handled at all. I had no traction on it. Mm-hmm. And it was killing me. I'm like, what? What do I need to do? I went back. I did another step study going through this, hoping that that would help me. Uh, I I tried to work each of the steps again, you know, genuinely through a different perspective of just thinking about the food addiction and not, you know, anything else that I had been dealing with up to that point. Because I thought I had handled most of my underlying issues already. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I had done that. That I started to realize, okay, I do have more issues that didn't directly affect the other, you know, outcomes, the other addictions that grew in my life, Mm -hmm. but were autonomous to this addiction, autonomous to this problem. Why couldn't I get over this? And so people from the outside of, of my internal mechanics might see... Oh my goodness, you just one day decided that you were going to lose weight and you've gotten this much result this quickly? You're a motivation, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, uh, like, no, <laughs> it has taken me so long. Yeah. I feel so stupid that it took me this long to, to work on myself and, and work on handing over this garbage of my life that, that led me to this, to God, to the point where I am now... I, I mean, I nearly let it completely destroy my health. Mm-hmm. Like, I have been fortunate enough that even though I've been overweight most of my life, I haven't had any really negative results from it yet. But then, finally, a diagnosis of, well, you're in type 2 diabetes territory here, and you have to change some things, was enough to help me focus on what God had been leading me through in this recovery journey this past couple years uh, and get get something done about it. But I 100% know that this is not in me. Because if it was, I'd have done it long ago. Mm-hmm. This is not my strength at all. Because I have failed in it time and time again. I even tried doing keto at one point, and I failed at that. Uh, about five or six years ago. And so the idea that we always have this power inside of us and that we just have to unleash that and then God comes in the picture. Then God will come and and help you get to that point is backwards. Mm -hmm. It's the God is my co-pilot idea. Right. We want God to be our pilot. Yeah. Hand all the junk over to God. You can request where you want to go. That doesn't mean that's where he's going to take you. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. You know, there are several times in the Bible that says, you know, give your give your requests, give your desires. Well, to he God. already knows anyway. Right. Sure. But it's okay to voice them if it makes you sure, feel better. Right. <laughs> what I'm saying is he already knows them, so duh, yeah. just talk to him about them. <laughs> and he's either going to bring you to them or he's going to bring you peace about them. Mm-hmm. That that that's how he works. <laughs> so I've talked a lot. What do what do you what do you? What do you think on the topic here? Um, so. <laughs> I was all over the place and I apologize for that. Truth bomb that I'm about to drop on y'all. But Chris and I had this very conversation about three months ago when he said we were talking about a situation in, in someone's life that we know. And he said, well, God helps those who help themselves. So they've got to do something if they expect to get out of this. Mm. And in that moment, I was like, 
how do I gently and lovingly <laughs> and biblically correct my husband <laughs> without coming across as condescending and like I know more than him? And see, that I'm just let me interject real quick. That's that's uh, a proof positive of how Absolutely. how easily this sneaks into our brains yes. because we talk about it so much. Because Chris is not a a dumb man, and he is yeah. definitely not ignorant of. Of uh, his faith and, right. and the Bible. Yeah. And to have that sneak into his own mm-hmm. thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. <laughs> so I had to say, you know, babe, that's not completely accurate. And so we had this nice long conversation about what it means and what it looks like. And, and I explained, just like I did with you on, you know, just a few minutes ago, that, yes, it does require action on our part. We cannot just sit idly by and expect God to do all the work. We mm-hmm. do have to move. Um, I once heard a sermon by my home pastor that I just loved. Now, as an adult, I look back on it and I'm like, okay, I, I really should go revisit that sermon again and kind of pinpoint the verses that he used and make sure that it was biblically sound. But the the... I guess, precedence behind it. The idea behind it was taking the verse, those that wait on the Lord shall mount up with wings like eagles, mm. run and not grow weary. Yes. Soar and not grow weary, run and not grow faint. Anyway. <laughs> that verse. And it talks about <clears throat> specifically the word waiting. Yeah. Waiting on the Lord. And that does not necessarily mean sitting and just watching in the sky Absolutely. and waiting, but more like a service, like a waitress or a waiter to wait on the Lord to do his work while waiting for him to bring you through whatever mm-hmm. trial or temptation or whatever it is that you're going through in your life, doing his service, doing his work while also waiting. So I love that idea. I love that mentality because it requires action on our part. Because we do have to get up and move, but we have to remember that we are not our rescuer. Yeah. God is our rescuer. He is the one who is going to, in the end, redeem us, pull us from whatever pit we're in. It is not within our own power. We do not have that underdog within inside <laughs> of us that's just waiting to come out and save the day. The person who's going to save the day, the one and only true that's going to save the day is God. And without allowing him to lead and take that control over our lives, then we're just going to get ourselves right back into the same mess that we started in, just like you said. That's the only place that our own will and our own power has gotten us time and time again. Mm -hmm. That's proved true time and time again. We can all pinpoint circumstances and instances in our lives where okay i got this i can do this i'm good and i fall into a huge pit right you know <laughs> one way or another if it you never saved yourself you'd have done it but yeah it never turns out good <laughs> but when you take that step and you go you know what i am powerless i cannot do this on my own but i'm going <clears> to pray through it and i'm going to take each step believing That right alongside me, God is holding my hand, walking with me. He is leading the process, and I am just following his lead. Then you're going to get a different outcome. You're going to get a different. Yeah. Uh, There was a book that I read um, by Kevin DeYoung. It was called Just Do Something. Mm -hmm. And it kind of touched on a little bit about what you said in that while you're waiting on God to lead you somewhere or give you an answer, don't just sit in your recliner and yeah. do nothing. Right. Get up, do something productive for your life and for God and for the kingdom, the ministry work. Do something mm-hmm. until you have a clear path of where you're going to go. I recommend that book. Uh, yeah. It's a very small book and it's very good. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's great. I think that's actually a great way to end that discussion as well. But you can read that article. We didn't actually really touch that much on the article itself. Uh, it's at factsandtrends.net. It's called The Lie About God Half Your Church Believes by Jared C. Wilson. Uh, it was published just last week, so it should be easy to find. Um, it's a good article and uh, definitely worth the stop by. Um, quick Radio update, uh, added a whole bunch of music last week 
uh, since we hadn't since we didn't add any the week before. Uh, so new stuff uh, added from Colby Koloff, Silent Planet, Mass Anthem, Colton Dixon, Matthew West, Landry Cantrell, Switchfoot, hmm. Holve, uh, which I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, new rapper from Reach Records, uh, Aaron Cole, One Sixteen, and Red. We got some older stuff from Soldiers, The Benjamin Gate, Blindside, Lincoln Brewster, and then some stuff for our exclusive Louder show, Zayo and Mortification. And then some indie stuff from RTG, Noah Moon, Jay Steph, and Rachel Zello, which Rachel Zello, you don't really hear about her many places, but she has a gigantic following on Instagram. Yeah. As if she were an influencer, mm. you know, just like, I don't know if that was organic, if she started as an influencer and then I, got into Christian I don't music. know, but I follow her too. Do so. you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where, where it came from. Yeah. But yeah, but surprisingly, most of her popularity doesn't seem to be about her music. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really good. <laughs> All right. So coming up next, we share something that we love. We'll be back in just a few with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug as our show is coming to a close for today. But first, I want to share with you something that I love. So this, I mean, it's unavoidable. This whole past week has been dominated by the impeachment uh, process, which we don't really talk about politics a lot on the show uh, for good reason. <laughs> and so I'm not really going to get into Matt and I into. vote differently. <laughs> <laughs> but who votes which way? Ooh. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, we don't get into it. I don't. I know we have uh, people from from both political sides and apolitical sides, and uh, we're not going to get into that. But listening to the impeachment, I actually sat during the two days of the questioning where it's eight hours each day of Democrats and Republicans going back and forth asking a question of either the White House counsel or the House uh, managers that are presenting the impeachment case. I don't know why I wanted to torture myself that way. Why did you do that? Maybe just because this is something that, you know, I didn't, you know, I was a kid when the Bill Clinton impeachment happened. Right. So this is like the first of one of these I've ever lived through as an adult. Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to experience what it was like. Okay. Uh, it made me mad uh, in many ways, but I think the thing that bugged me the most was that nearly every one of the house managers or White House counsel would get up and they'd mean to say the word precedent. And they would keep saying president because they're talking about the president anyway. Right. right. <laughs> and it just, every time it happened, the more it happened, I just got more and more upset. I'm like, you talk for a living. <laughs> this how much correctly. of an idiot are, do you have to be? How are all of you getting this wrong? <laughs> but no, the thing that I love, uh, and it's not necessarily because of the political position, but I do love the podcast that has come out of this from Ted Cruz called Verdict with Ted Cruz. And I, the thing that I love about it is more the concept. In that they started this podcast as a daily podcast updating of what's happened from the impeachment. And they have done this because they go late into the night, you know, that almost every night. Mm-hmm. And so they're at like two in the morning recording this podcast. And then they put it up in the early morning hours. We think we're tired. About, yeah, <laughs> about what's been going on that day. And, and uh, they're talking about from the Republican standpoint, you know, of what they're going to do next. But but it's been very interesting because they do talk a lot about procedure and how things work kind of behind the scenes. Because on the C-SPAN cameras, you're not, uh, or any of the other news li- uh, live news feeds, you're not seeing the reactions mm-hmm. in the Senate. You're only focused on... The person talking up right. front. And uh, Justice Roberts when he reads the questions. And so they're talking about how things work. How they've responded when certain answers uh, have happened. Uh, how they interact with each other during breaks. 
how they go off to separate lunch rooms and dinner areas and stuff like that, cloak rooms and have discussions and hmm. how they formulate their questions and and it's just been it's it was it's very interesting. Let's put it that way. From from a historical perspective, yeah. it was really a neat idea. And I don't know if they're planning on keeping it going. They they talked about kind of keeping it going after the impeachment process. I don't know what they're going to do there. Uh, but it did, like, really quickly, I think with, within the first four episodes, become the number one podcast huh. overall. Like, beating Joe Rogan, which has been in that number one spot for years, I believe. Almost consistently. consistently uh, took that number one spot really quick. So... Other people obviously like this as well. Right. And it can't just be... It's not just Matt. Can't just be conservatives. But but it's definitely interesting. Uh, Worth worth checking out no matter where you fall politically just for the process of it. Just for for the behind the scenes uh, aspect of it. So that's my thing I love. Awesome. (laughs) Let's close out our show with a Bible verse of the day. Our Bible verse for the day is Deuteronomy 8. Three, And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Thank you for joining us. There is a Back Row Morning Show every weekday at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week. And Bubba and Anna. That's hard to say really fast. Bubba and Anna bring you church nerds every Friday. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio. And join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to backrowbaptist.com. If you love what we do here at Back Row Radio, please consider partnering with us at backrowradio.com slash partner. There are several tiers with different rewards and incentives, but even just committing to donate $1 a month will get you in our private Facebook group, The Scoop, and get you a private podcast feed where you'll get every full episode of The Morning Side Hug, including our Throwback Thursday episode, and you'll get a full episode of Church Nerds a day early. And of course, we also offer the Back Row free podcast on backrowradio.com. Where you'll get a weekly podcast on Wednesdays, Wednesdays, <laughs> Wednesdays, uh, from the morning side hug with selected clips from our first three shows that week. You'll get Critical Hit with Hector Mira and the full episodes of Church Nerds after they air on Fridays. Awesome Wednesdays. Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for the show. We'll be back tomorrow. We hope you will too. Once again, I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. Remember that Jesus loves you. Let your dog lick you on the face. <laughs> and if you see us around. We love a side hug. Bye.